Happy days are here again, everyone. It is a priest and a rabbi. Your day just got better, hopefully, um, because you're now listening to uh, Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin uh, from St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Temple Beth Chayam, your favorite Judeo connection. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about prophets. Uh, do we need another prophet? Does the Bible say we get other prophets? If someone says they're a prophet, are they full of it? Are they full of BS? Can we trust anyone who says they're a prophet? Um, we're going to ex examine all that. First, start with the Bible. What does the Bible say? The history of prophecy, uh, and then get to who or what would be a modern day prophet. And then do we all have the gift of prophecy. We're going to take that from a Judeo-Christian lens. So, you know, there'll be some differences of how we look at that. Um, is that cover about everything, Rabbi Derman, that we're going to get into? It does, you know, and I'm I'm super inspired to oh, start our changed, conversation about his language. Not excited, but inspired. Okay. Inspired. Cool. All right, y'all. So buckle your seatbelts. Let's get ready. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with one other person you know who would appreciate to hear from a goofy uh, a priest and an incredibly intelligent rabbi. Um, and we will get this show rolling right here on a priest and a rabbi podcast. Peace. A priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi. The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Beit Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, Grab your Bible or a Torah and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. All right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome and good morning. This is Father Christian from A Priest and a Rabbi from St. Mary's Episcopal Church. And I am nothing unless I have my best man next to me, which is the Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Beth Chaim. We are just two clergy guys here in Stewart. We have a radio show here every Friday, as you can see. If you're in your car, at work, at home, on the boat, you are now about to enter an hour of Judeo-Christian love. Uh, today, we are talking about prophets. Do we need another prophet? Do you? We want to know, do you? Do you believe God still sends prophets to come and speak to us, or do people? can people just be prophetic? Or will, can someone rise up in your temple, rise up in your church, rise up in your mosque and say, I am a new prophet. Do you think they're delusional? Do you think that's biblically sound? You, we want to know. Give us a call here. 772-220-9788. 772-220-9788. Do you believe that prophets are still uh, anointed and given to our globe here in the 21st century. Uh, first and foremost, though, a really warm welcome to my co-host and compatriot, uh, Rabbi Durbin. Good morning, my friend. It's good to see you. Good to see you. So we can I all tell. I got to say, it was it was uh, really really exciting for me yesterday. Not only did I have uh, the opportunity to do two out of three uh, sessions on Judaism 101, almost that uh, Judeo-Christian curious uh, conversation. 
um, at her church yesterday, which was a wonderful turnout. Um, and I do have to say, um, and, and, and a big shout out to your chef. Uh, I am not, I am not a big uh, tortilla, burrito. I'm not a big Mexican fan, although I do like the ingredients. I don't like them all mixed together. Uh, but I will say, as I got home last night too, I said to my wife, you know, St. Mary's, they gave these chicken burritos. They were uh, so flavorful and just amazing. So kudos to, to, to your community. Uh, we had a great turnout yesterday. It was really nice. But above and beyond that, it was, as I said to my wife last night, uh, it was the first time in uh, since your son was born that I actually got to see your son in the flesh. And yeah, it was really cool. exciting. I didn't realize that too. We're such, I've gotten so used to the digital age. I just assumed that maybe you've seen him online, that you've met him in person, but there's this, it's all blending now of like the times that we've done things digitally as also in person. So now uh, that. Hang on. Can we, can we also go over the black fingernails? Well, see, everyone's on the radio right now, but if you're tuning in on Facebook Live right now, so please go to our, 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 our Facebook page. You go to A Priest and a Rabbi Podcast. That is our Facebook page. You'll see the two of us. If you've never seen what A Priest and a Rabbi look like, um, then, then, then you'll see it there. Um, I am currently in A Midsummer Night's Dream at Palm Beach Shakespeare Festival. Uh, and so I'm playing Oberon, the King of the Fairies. So, you know, it can be a darker character. You're the King of the Shadows. So yes, there's, there's black nail polish on my fingers right now. And then when you come and see the play, which is free in Carlin Park in Jupiter, then you will see a bunch of black silver makeup on my face as well. Um, so yes, that explains let, it. Let, let our listeners know when, when, is, when is the Shakespeare Festival? Oh, well, look at you allowing me to plug this play that I'm in right now. Yeah, uh, it, it is, it is it, we opened last night and, it, and God stopped the rain for the two hours it was amazing um literally there was a cell right over us and then god said no let's let the shakespeare happen um thursday friday saturday sunday of this week and then next week as well thursday friday saturday sunday at 8 p.m come outdoors carlin park bring your picnic bring your wine whatever you want to bring chill out a little bit of bug spray and just uh, really enjoy it there'll be it's a it's a fantastical fantastical magical night so that's hence the black nail polish love it it allowed for a time for my wife and I just to have a little new kind of bonding time for her to do my makeup and for her not to worry about me and where I'm going and what I'm doing. Okay. So, so, so my friend, um, yes. So, uh, just to catch up on our, our, our continued interface work together, uh, Rabbi Durbin is a huge magnet, um, for, for, for people here in Martin County, um, especially at St. Mary's Episcopal church. Uh, we are continuing, uh, this, this work and what we, I think we learned from these last, um, Thursdays, these lunch and learns that happen at 12 o'clock at St. Mary's uh, is that people are really hungry to be a part of a interfaith or less removed boundaries that we see maybe in society and culture and, and, and they're flocking to it. So it's not just Christians, but it's Jews at this uh, gathering. So last night, yesterday, uh, it was so beautiful to look out and to see these tables where there was Jews and Christians sitting together. And I just really wanted to hear the conversations. I wish I could just sit down and hear what are the conversations happening. So I think it's going to plant a seed for some really cool interfaith work and meals in, in the future between our two, uh, our two congregations. And, and, not to, and also there's other congregations there. St. Joe's was there. Uh, TC3 was there. There's some other people there. So anyhow, Ted, let, let, let's get profi. Let's get prophetic on this. Um, there, there's... I think the reason, one of the reasons why we want to talk about do we need another prophet in our society today is uh, truth is 
been a big topic over the last four or five years. Uh, what is truth? What are facts? Uh, and uh, I think as people of faith, we really need to understand and review what does it really mean to speak the truth? What is the truth from God? Because it, it is not something that is is as trusted as it was before. Um, it has been diminished and discredited. And so I think as people of faith, we got to step up. Now, the truth of God is biblically has been known to be delivered through uh, through many different seers and sages, but but prophets. Those prophets have been a key uh, instrument of God to deliver his truth to us. And uh, so let's dig in just, so we're going to dig around there, talk about some of the prophets that are out there, um, but then eventually we're going to get to, do we in the 21st century still need prophets? And then I'm going to take a stance on it. That's probably going to be different from Rabbi Durbin. And then we'll get to where we at right now. Um, so let's just first start like Rabbi Durbin, what is your view? What is a prophet? Well, I mean, I think if we were to if we were to generally, you know, put it in basic terms, uh, you know, a, a prophet is the spokesperson, and I'm actually very strategic. I didn't say spokesman, but a spokesperson for God, uh, a person chosen specifically by God to speak to the people on God's behalf to convey a message, uh, a teaching, uh, something to uh, to be able to to learn from or to see in the future. Prophets were role models. And I think this is also key that they were role models of holiness, um, scholarship and knowledge um, and their ability to be close to God. And they, of course, set the standards for the entire uh, community. It's important, um, I think, when we look at it, you know, in Hebrew, we would say a prophet is Nevi'im, right? A Navi is a prophet. Uh, but actually, the Hebrew word for prophet Navi also comes from a Hebrew term called niv sefataim, meaning the fruit of the lips, which emphasizes the prophet's role as a speaker and communicator of God to the people. So tell me, so is there a consistent pattern of how God chooses these speakers for him? Um, and, 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 and is there a reason in the Bible where God said, this is the reason why I'm sending them? So, so, so tell us a little bit more there. Yeah, I mean, look, in the Bible, God appears um, in, in a variety of different guises, whether it be through dreams, whether it be through speech, uh, whether it be through apparitions. I mean, things where God communicates directly to the prophet. Uh, nine times out of ten, it's usually done through dreams or done through speech. Okay, so... Uh, is there always a time that God sends the prophet? Is it usually when uh, society at the time is going sideways? Or does God ever send prophets when it's like everything's all great and just say, hey, keep on doing what you're doing, guys. Really love your work. Or is it usually of saying, um, you guys have really messed up and get yourself together? I think, or I think nine, nine times out of 10, at least from a, from a Hebrew Bible perspective, or at least how I interpret the Bible in and of itself, is that prophets really seem to appear when there are great challenges and great distress, right? Most of our prophets, let's just say not most, some of our prophets are written during the time of 2,500 years ago. Now, just from a little historical perspective, 2,500 years ago, give or take, 25 centuries ago, this is the time of one of the greatest prophets, the prophet Isaiah, who was speaking and communicating through God about the impending destruction that was going to happen, right? What happened at that time? 
the Assyrian Empire, and please be aware, I did not say Syrian Empire, I said Assyrian Empire, being the Babylonians, came in under King Nebuchadnezzar and comes in and destroys the temple, the first temple, and exiles the Jews into Babylonia, into Babylon. So in that regard, most of our prophets who are speaking about uh, speaking and communicating the words of God are really communicating around this time frame of about 25 centuries ago. What is the major recurring theme throughout all of the prophets is that God is in some way warning the people, do not go astray, right? The major theme of most of the prophets are that God has said destruction and challenge will be before you. Don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't lose faith in God. It will be tough and there will be death. However, with strength, with strength of conviction and adhering to God, we can prevail. So can so can a prophecy be changed? Meaning, are, are the prophecies that are always delivered, or uh, are they said, if you keep on going, I remember my mom, I know this can sound a little weird. My mom one time got into tarot readings. You know, she went out to Australia and she learned how to do the tarot card reading. Um, and so she said, listen, these tarot cards are not telling you your future. They're just saying that if you keep on going in this direction, this is what's going to happen in your life. So can we treat prophecies the same way that these prophets are saying, Israel, you keep on going down this road, this place is going to burn and you are going to be destroyed. However, you have a choice, free will to go whatever direction you want to go. And you can go in a new direction where actually God will replenish and re restore and save you through this. Well, I think even if you took one of the prophets themselves, right? Jonah, who hears the word of God, right? Jonah, go to Nineveh. Well, where does he go? He goes Tarshish. I mean, he goes total opposite direction, right? And when he actually, you know, we know the story, right? He gets into this, uh, to the sailors. He's on this ship, right? Uh, great fish swallows him up, right? They're all, you know, the sailors throw him overboard because they're, they're kind of freaking out of what's going on. Why is there turbulent water, this and the other, right? But when Jonah goes to the king of Nineveh and says, God says he's going to destroy your people unless you repent. Well, what does the king do? He repents, as does the city. And then Jonah sits there like a spoiled little sulking little little boy and says, well, why? Why did you send me? If, if you sent me, because Jonah almost seems to be like this drama king who says, I want to see it. But yet now, God, you change your mind. You saved them. Right? And I think that it's actually a very important message through the book of Jonah, which is you have, as you just rightfully said, we have the ability to change the course of our lives, right? Jonah effectively wants to see the city destroyed by God, to see God's power and God's might. And yet at the end, the king complies and does what is asked. And then Jonah really sees, in some way, it's also God's compassion. So in, in, in reference to your question, can, can prophecy be changed? I think, I think if we heed the message and try as best we can to change the course of going down one road and veering on that fork the other way to change the course of our lives, I think it is possible. Well, that, that, that example you use from Jonah, then where we do see 
that if people respond well to the prophecy, they can change the, the direction of their society or lives. So then by that formula, when I early Isaiah, Isaiah 1 is speaking to the people, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Isaiah 1 would be pre, uh, pre-exile, that if, I, if Israel would have been like, oh, I think this Isaiah guy is really true. Um, we got to change our ways. And if they would have stopped worshiping other gods, start taking care of the orphan, the widow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, essentially, the exile might not have happened because God would have been like, you don't need the exile. You guys have turned, you've changed your ways. Uh-oh. I I I I don't know if that would have fit because I think the exile, not to say that it was uh uh you know predestined, that it was gonna happen anyway, but I think that there there's something there that I don't think that had we changed our course. That the exile would not have happened. I think the exile was 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 always destined doomed uh, uh, before us. But but the exile was God allowed that exile to happen because of the actions of the Israelites, right? So it was A plus B equals C. So if 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 Israel would have changed their ways and gotten back onto the course of being completely obedient to God, the exile wouldn't have been necessary, right? I mean, look, I, I, I can't definitively say yes or no. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, I think that there is something there that says, how often are we prone to going down the wrong path? And when we see the light or whatever experience we have, that we have the ability to change that course and ultimately change the course of history, right? I, 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 I think it's also important for us to, to mention as well that when we get to the issue, as we've been discussing about prophets, of course, we have minor prophets and we have major prophets, right? Major prophets have nothing to do with their message, right? You would think that it did, right? right. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, major impactful messages that they're communicating. Well, not any more impactful than Malachi or 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 Joel or any other of our uh, you know plethora of uh, of prophets in the in the Hebrew Bible. So what makes a minor prophet then is it because they just didn't get the call up yet to the majors or because they didn't get the branding deals to, to give them all the front court seats? Well, what, why, why, who, and who decided they were minor? Was that more the scholars? So that, that was the scholars and the whole canonization of, of the Bible itself. Um, what makes somebody major and minor? The length of your work, right? Isaiah, 66 chapters long. He's major, Right. You've got other prophets that are two or three or four chapters long. They're minor prophets. So really, major minor is de- is 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 determined on the length of one's work uh, in the prophetic literature. Okay, so let's just say for anyone out there who's looking to start to get more acquainted with the prophets in the Bible, Rabbi Durbin here on radio, can you say what would be a good minor prophet? And well, the reason why I'm recommending a minor prophet is because it's shorter, easier to read. You can get a good feel of, of God speaking through someone to help direct a, a society. What would be a good minor prophet? Someone could pick up right now and really read in one sitting and not be overwhelmed. You know, I mean, that's a great question, right? We would think that the minor prophets themselves being shorter chapters would be easier to digest. And actually, at least personally for me, I find the the minor prophets that have uh, very few chapters are actually much more difficult to unpack because it is condensed in some way. Um, For me, I'm a huge fan of, 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 of the prophet Micah. 
um, especially for those that are familiar, Micah 6.8, you know, what does God demand of us? What do we want, right? It is just about humility. It's about acknowledging the, the humanity in one another and walking humbly with our God. I think okay. for me, the prophet Micah is, if I were to instruct anyone, if they were uh, 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 Judeo-Christian curious, JCC, I would say start with the prophet Micah. Okay. All right, cool. So now this is the big uh, uh, question that brought us to this episode today, which is a, a hot topic at St. Mary's Episcopal Church right now. Uh, our lectionary, which is our daily readings and our uh, readings that we read on the on Sundays, have been lending to this, this meditation on prophets. And it's usually comparing our, we, we have four readings. We have an Old Testament reading, we have a Psalm, we have a New Testament reading, and then we have the gospel. And so the we've been reading a lot about the prophets in the Old Testament, um, also known as Hebrew scripture. And then the gospel, we hear a lot about the prophet uh, as people perceive Jesus to be at that time, uh, not just the, not, not a Messiah yet. So uh, what the question that I proposed to others or the statement I made, uh, and I knew it would stir up people's thoughts and imagination. And they probably, you know, many would disagree with me, which is great, which is good. Um, which is we, God is not sending any more prophets. There is, there, there is no need for any more prophets. We don't need any more prophets here in our, in our world. Um, and, and that is a very Christian perspective. Okay. So I'm, I'm giving you a Christian perspective on this. So before we even go further into that, um, let me ask you, Rabbi Durbin, is there a final prophet that you see in biblical scripture where God just said, we're good. I can, we kind of ran that race and now I'm going to move on to a different way of communicating, communicating with my people. Well, I mean, I mean, if we look at it from that way, sure. I mean, Judaism definitely looks at it from an end of our our, our biblical prophets, right? Which would be because the because the Hebrew Bible in itself, right, starts with Genesis, ends with Chronicles. We call it Tanakh, and Tanakh is an acronym. So the Ta being Torah, the five books of Moses, Na being the Nevi'im, the prophets right, which starts with the book of Joshua, ends with the book of Malachi, right? In, in, a, in a Hebrew Bible context, Malachi is the last prophet, because then we get the cup part being ketuvim, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, writings, right? Prophetic writings, uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Daniel, Job, right? Those books in and of themselves. So from a, a, a purely biblical Hebrew perspective, we end our biblical prophets with the last book of the book of Malachi. Okay, so let me ask you a slight question. The the, but does, does does God or can to your recollection, I mean that that's who the guys who who, who and I'll say men it was probably a bunch of men canonized yeah. the Bible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but they they chose to group all the prophets in one section and then move on. But when we follow the timeline of God speaking to us, would you say that 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 is the same that God says the time the age of the prophets is over. And, and if anyone wants to call in to, to, to comment on this, do, when, if you think the age of the prophets ended biblically, give us a call, 772-220-9788. Um, and we want to know your perspective on this. But your perspective, Rabbi Durbin, is, does, is there a time when not the scholars or the canonizers, but where God says, I've moved on and now the age of prophets is over until the, second, the coming of the Messiah? You know, I think, I think, I think in one way, and I'm sure, look, you know, this, the issue of, of Judaic interpretation clearly is you ask me, a, you ask somebody else, they can give you a different answer. 
Um, I, 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 I do believe that after the Babylonian exile, as the Jews are dispersed into Babylonia and dispersed largely around the, that region, right? I, I think at the end of prophets is really that exile as we are out of our own land and you know desiring and wishing to enter and reacclimate back in. I think really, you know, that time frame of 2,500 years ago was very prevalent with prophetic ideology and prophetic teaching. Um, I would say probably, I don't know, 23 centuries ago, uh, it, it kind of stopped. Not to say that God does not speak to us today in perhaps profound ways, being prophetic. Um, as I mentioned in, the, um, in, in, in your community yesterday, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this topic of false messiahs. Um, you know, we do have this trajectory of clearly after the prophets that we still have people claiming to speak in the name of God. I mean, the most famous or infamous, I should say, in Judaic circles is a gentleman by the name of Shabbatai Tzvi, who in 1666 proclaimed himself to be the Messiah. Now, he had tons of followers. People believed him, but when it came to, uh, uh, he was living in, at that time, Turkey, Right, the Muslims came in and effectively said, "Convert or die." Well, if you were the true, and 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 you know, unprecedented uh, 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 prophet, uh, you died by the sword. And of course, he did not; he converted. Um, so, therefore, it was a false messiah. But I think it's also important for people to recognize and to acknowledge, prophets and prophetic ideology is not going to come to fruition in your lifetime. I mean, it might. But majority of the messages that the prophets were communicating could be hundreds of years into the future. So the average person hearing these words really would not be able to see it until either it's there or they're long and gone. You know what it kind of reminds me of, and this is this is this is going to um, uh interpret it as you will, but I, I think this works well for us for the 21st century. We have many prophetic voices, not prophets, but I'm going to say prophetic voices saying that if we keep on going the way we're going, we are going to destroy this earth. This globe will fall apart. So they use terms like global warming and other terms that if we keep on doing what we do as a global society, we're all in this together, there will be destruction, maybe not for our generation, but maybe your kids' kids or kids' kids. And so you can't think of just the here and now. So these prophetic voices are saying, we have a responsibility to the future generations because the world is telling us, and you can say God is speaking and telling us to, to stop being irresponsible and selfish and think about the future generations because if we keep on doing what we're doing, there's not gonna be anything left. Um, it doesn't affect us as much. So if I just stop doing all the different things I could do to really do creation care, it won't really affect me, but it could affect my great-great-grandchildren, absolutely. Or it'd be even sooner than that, some would say. So would that be an example, a modern-day example, and I'm not getting biblical about creation care, but that that a point where you have these prophetic voices, people can be like, stop it, you're annoying, because it affects us. There's a cost because if you're saying I need to change my life, that's going to change the way we do business. It's going to affect the economy. It changes. There might be job displacement because if we start getting really into this creation care and shutting down coal factories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, is that a modern day example? Uh, I think so. I think so. I mean, I think also I, I, I love the way you phrase it too, which is prophetic voices, right? Is there, is there a way of saying, you're right. 
prophetic voices in terms of God communicating in some way. I mean, I like what you said too, is it's about the next generation, right? It, if it, if it's if it's not going to affect me, it could affect my children, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren. But being that far removed from it, does it say, you know what? It really doesn't affect me that much. It's the generation that comes a hundred years after me. You know what? Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. I'm going to enjoy my life now before it ends. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I think these are many questions that I think we'd love to delve into and unpack, which we can do certainly after we come from break so we can hear from all of our lovely sponsors and those who make our show possible. Well, and I think we, yeah, so when we come back, we have Denny on the line. Denny has called in. So when we come back to hear from our sponsors, we're going to get right to Denny and see what he has to say about prophetic voices or prophets. So Denny, you just hold on. We'll be with you in just one second. We're going to hear about the people who keep the lights on. Keep on waiting here for part two of a priest and a rabbi as we continue our meditation on are there any more prophets and what is a prophet here in the 21st century? We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to A Priest and a Rabbi. Welcome back to the award-winning Priest and a Rabbi radio show with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin. Let's get ready for the second half of the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to part two of an almost award-winning A Priest and a Rabbi. Uh, we did not win the great podcast competition of Florida. We were finalists, but the former producer, Mike, of WSTU threw us under the bus and chose another finalist. So therefore, we are bitter, but we forgive him. And we are but just- the fact that that the fact that Todd Newton, you know what? In my mind, if Todd Newton is calling us a award-winning show, you know what? I love Todd, and I love the fact that he calls us an award-winning show. In, in, in his mind, may the award be to us. Yeah, so the almost award-winning show will now continue on. Uh, This is a priest and rabbi. We are talking about prophets, what makes a prophet, who is a prophet, and can there still be a prophet in the 21st century? We just use the example of creation care and global warming and looking at all the stuff that's going on with with the environment. Can we look at the voices that rise up that say, stop doing what you're doing, change your ways, because if you continue to do what you do, this place will burn down. That sounds to me a lot like Isaiah. It sounds a lot... like Jeremiah. Um, So let's continue on. We have a caller and it's Denny. Denny is on the line right now. Denny, God bless you. It is welcome to a priest and a rabbi. Thank you. And yes, you have to uh, bless me, Father, for I have definitely sinned many times in my life. (laughs) So uh, I I love your show. Uh, I was telling Evan I've been wanting to invite you all because I have a Thursday morning show at STU after Bonnie and Evan. I love the whole concept. you know, I am a man of God and faith, and I think, 
you know, whether or not we have current profits or we certainly need profits, I think a lot of the problems happening right now in this world is we don't have God first and foremost in our lives. Not me, but many people, I'm saying. And so if more people were, were to follow God, study the Bible, practice love, compassion, and getting along with each other, I think the world would be a much better place. But I, I, what we see here is, I don't know, maybe some, so many people think it's not cool or in fashion to love God anymore. And I don't know where that came from or why it's, it's the norm. But it, with my background, I was in some famous rock bands. I'm, I'm a financial planner. I, I mentor students. And, I, you know, everything that I've done and received in my life is by the grace of God. The fact that I'm still alive, healthy, and have a brain, <laughs> I thank God for that. So, you know, I don't know if we have prophets. We surely could use a few. And I really believe that if the whole world would get back to following and honoring God, we'd have a hell of a lot less problems than we do. So, so Denny, I uh, thank you for, you for, for calling in. Let me ask you a question. So, Denny, uh, can may I ask what your faith background is? Well, I'm a, I'm a, quote, a non-denominational Christian. I was born and raised a Catholic. Um, I'm from the, the Northeast, if you can't tell. <laughs> so, but I've always gone to different, I mean, I've gone to uh, different churches to see if I can, you know, learn something new from the Bible study. I've, I've gone to uh, some, some churches that were non-Christian, that, that practiced the Old Testament, to see if I can learn. I, when I go to a Bible study class, a lot of it is the Old Testament, not just the New Testament. So I'm an inquisitive type of person because, again, I know I'm flawed. I know there is a God. There's so many, you know, people can believe in so many things so easily, but it's so hard for them to believe that God exists. They want proof, but they'll blindly follow other things in life and never question it. So, good. so <laughs> kind of- uh, Denny, if you were at in any of the churches you were at, if one of the pastors rose up and let's say it was a powerful speaker speaking good truths and was like wow this is great and and people are being moved being challenged lives are being changed and then he or she then says god has anointed me a prophet his prophet to speak his word and people started calling him not pastor or father or reverend but they started calling him prophet uh would that work for you if he was if his if his words were matching uh, um, scriptural truth. You know, it's it's hard to say because you know I think if if that person would were preaching the truth or you know biblical truth, and they didn't think of themselves as if I didn't have to kiss the pinky ring, so to speak, I might want to listen to them. Uh, but I don't know honestly if someone said, "Hey, I'm the prophet, and you've got to listen to me because God loves you and He forgives all sinners, but you're going to burn in hell if you don't listen to what I tell you." I might have a problem following that person uh, because some sometimes a person who gets into that position tends to judge more and forget the love and compassion part <laughs> of God's teachings. So I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I guess if they were a a loving person that were not pointing the fingers and trying to damn everyone to hell, I might give them a shot. But if they sat there and looked at me and said, hi, I see you're in a rock band and you don't go to church every Sunday, you're going to hell. And I've been anointed to tell you that fact. I probably would have a problem following them.
Does that make sense? That, that, it's a great point, Danny. And I, I think what I'm hearing you say is if they come with humility, so they're, they're, yes. they're, their walk is not to damn you. Their walk is not to have a higher status than you, but it's about humility. And yes. uh, what I've learned in my, in my short walk here in the ministry is as I follow Jesus, if, if Jesus was such a, a, a man of humility, the son of God yes. comes and walks amongst us, but washes our feet and comes in on a donkey. Uh, exactly. That to me, it's like, if I'm not walking humbly before my God, then I have lost the way. So I, I, I hear you on that, man. That's a great thing. So Denny, thank you, man. Thank you for calling in. And it's good to meet another brother here on WSTU. So listen, I, I would love to have you two come in. Uh, I know you're doing mostly Zoom meetings, but it would be great for the show. I, I speak about different things, uh, not just finance and entertainment. And I think it uh, what you two are doing is great because, you know, we all need to get better and more educated on God and how to live a, a good life. I mean, that's what it's all about. Brother, we're there, man. Thursday mornings work for me. I'll talk to uh, I'll talk to the uh, the rabbi's agent and see if we can make it happen. Um, he has a higher fee than I do because he's more talented and more gifted. But, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll make this happen. Evan is our middleman. He's a great producer, and uh, we'll, we'll we look forward to getting into the studio, brother. So thank you so much for calling in. All right. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you, man. God bless you. So yeah, Rabbi. So so Denny brings up a really good point here. I mean, here's the thing that I that I think about, and I can't tell if if Rabbi Durbin is uh, frozen or if he's just lost in thought because his face is frozen right now on the screen. But I'm going to assume that his Wi-Fi went out. But let me just carry the show for a hot second before he calls in on his phone. Uh, this is my thing about why we donate any more profits. Uh, we struggle as a society with humility. Uh, it, it is a, uh, um, we, we don't see it in our political leaders. We don't see it in a lot of leaders. It is not something that's prized. If someone is humble and someone does ask for forgiveness, they are lost politically. They get burned alive. If someone admits a mistake, if someone wants to try to form diplomacy and work with the other side, they're seen as betrayers. So this, this whole idea of, of, of humility is lost. So I, I have concerns when, when someone is going to rise up in any kind of spiritual congregation and say, I am a prophet because nine times out of 10 in the last 100 years, it's been BS. And they've been shown to be full of BS and not be true. And, and so therefore, I'm not buying it. I also think that as a priest, and this again, these are my personal thoughts, so disagree with them as much as possible. I'm not going to say this is biblically totally backed up, because I think this is very subjective, by the way, is that as a Christian, we follow uh, what we believe is the Messiah. So the Messiah came and many people thought of him as a rabbi. Uh, people thought of him as a prophet. Uh, people thought of him as a crazy person who was a, a, just a totally a, a heretic. And then others said, this is the Messiah. This is the son of God. And when the Messiah came and through, we know as Christians, what he says to us and through like John 14 and others, that he, he is in us and we are in him. And then through Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit is within us. So now the, 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 the spirit of truth resides in all of us. We all have a responsibility to be prophetic. And Paul talks about this. There is a gift of spiritual gift of prophecy that many have that is greater than others. That's fine. So you are going to have to be the big voice of truth, but you're not a prophet. Um, prophets can lead to status, can lead to someone getting carried away and it takes away from you, us all having responsibility saying, let me listen to God within myself. Let me listen and have the ability to speak hard truths to my friends, to my family, because the spirit of truth is in all of us. That was the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been given the gift 
of a prophetic God inside of us so we can continue this movement of the, the messianic age that we believe as Christians. So I, I don't think we need to pin that out. But I also think that there's something there too about, you know, hearing the word of the prophet and heeding the words that they are communicating, right? Because you're given a choice. The prophet may say, you know, there's pending doom, this, that, and the other, if you don't, uh, you know, recognize the error of your ways. And I think that there's something there about receiving the word of the prophet, acknowledging and validating the words of the prophet, and then taking those words and empowering yourself to try and change in some way to alter the course of your own life or meaning for yourself. Okay, but here, okay, so what What if, okay, let's just say we did accept prophets in, in, in 21st century, let's say 21st century America, and, and there was a prophet who rose up, who started, and let's just stay with this whole thing about uh, global warming, who did rise up, and we all respected this person, and then said, America, or maybe globe, you need to change your ways, you need to start reducing uh, greenhouse gases, you need to stop using pollutants, because you're world will burn do you really think that people are going to be like half that everyone's gonna be on board say oh the prophet has spoken we got to change everything we got to change our manufacturing we got to change everything now man the, the money money talks man the, the, that's that's gonna work so i the i i just don't it'd be great if there is there, there there was i don't know i i, I just do you do you think we need? I don't think that everyone really heard. I, I, I don't believe that every person who heard the word of the prophet accepted the word of the prophet. I think that there were probably many who would challenge it, would not be able to see it in their own generation, and therefore say, therefore, one was false. It wasn't true. Um, you know, and I and I think it's important for us to recognize, especially biblically, right. It's not as if we're talking about, you know, 50, 55 minor major prophets. We're talking about hundreds of thousands, right? You know, in Jewish tradition, the Talmud, right, teaches us that there were hundreds of thousands of prophets, twice as many as the number of people who left Egypt, which in our tradition was 600,000 men, right? But most of, of, of the prophets, conveyed messages that were intended solely for their own generation and therefore were not reported within our scripture. Our scripture, or at least the Hebrew Bible, only identifies 55 prophets of Israel, right? But there were hundreds of thousands of others who claimed to be speaking the word of God. And they when were true or that not? Tension going on of those that may actually really speak the word of God and hundreds of thousands of others who are saying the same thing, well, who am I going to believe? So, so are you saying those other hundreds and thousands were not speaking the word or they were speaking the word, they just didn't get the press of being written in? No, no, I think, I think that they were false messiahs claiming to speak the word of God when in fact uh, did not have any communicado with God. Yeah, so all of those who are thinking about get, jumping on to uh, the, the, the prophet bandwagon, uh, beware uh, that Deuteronomy is pretty clear on what will happen. Um, you will die. <laughs> sorry but in deuteronomy 18 20 but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name and i have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods that same prophet shall die <laughs> which which i so think I, is like, very significant 
in its understanding of the fact that God, or at least the scripture, is outlining and saying that there will be false prophets. There will be false people who take advantage of humanity and try and speak in my name. Don't heed them, for if you do, you shall be put to death. So let's go back to what Danny said. So maybe a good mark of a prophet, I think now, uh, is I think humility is key. You can tell that if someone is speaking from ego, speaking from pride, speaking from power, speaking to just be exalted, uh, speaking for money, uh, that, that we've seen a lot of in religion that sure, this person is looked at as a prophet. They speak good truths, uh, but there's, there's, there's about eight zeros after their name. Be wary, be wary. I don't remember many prophets in Holy scripture, uh, rocking Rolls Royces of the day of a uh, thousand BC. Um, and they, they were often not liked, not, not, not adored. So I would say like a, prof a prophetic voice. You look at, uh, I'll go with an obvious one, Martin Luther King. So Martin Luther King, uh, I think we'd say it's a prophetic voice. I don't know if he was speaking, pro he was speaking prophecy, even there was a dream, right, that he had. Uh, but look, we exalt him today. But when during his time, they, they were coming after him. He was hated. He was called a communist. I mean, they were investigating him, speaking hard truths and challenging the status quo of injustices, of inequality. MLK, uh, uh, not a rich man, MLK, not looking for exaltation. MLK, not a great husband, but we won't have to get into that right now. But just that, that, that there was a, it wasn't about the power for him. There was a love of community, a love of this world, and a dream that we all could be equal under God's image. Um, so I think a key mark for a lot of this is, is humility uh, for me. And I, and I think as a Christian, that, that Jesus is the number one thing is humility, humility, humility. And when we uh, fall, I follow it all the time because I'm an arrogant little, you know what, um, that we lose God in that. So when we get prophetic, and that is key. So if I get moved by God to say a word to Matthew, to, to Rabbi Durbin, and I feel like I need to speak a prophetic word to him. God has moved my heart and there's something, a tough conversation I need to have with you. I need to be in deep prayer. I need to really know, Christian, is this about your own insecurities? Is this about your own emotions? Is this about your own status that you want to kind of level up on Rabbi Durbin? Is this about something deeper? Am I projecting my own issues on Rabbi Durbin? And the, what he's doing is really bothering me because I really, it's, it's my own issues. Let me go take care of my stuff first before I dare to go to uh, Rabbi Durbin and tell him something. And if you get to that point, you're like, no, I'm, I'm, no, this is all about Durbin. This is all about the other person. This is all about God. Then go speak. But until that time, I would hold your tongue to try to be prophetic because work, work, put on your own oxygen mask, figure out your own drama and make sure that God is truly speaking to you because this is for the betterment of the other person and for the betterment of society and because God is behind it. Because too often our judgment of others, 95% of the time is, is our dealing with our own judgment. I'm mm -hmm. judging you because I can't deal with my own drama and my own hatred of my own self that comes with it. I know I'm sounding like an old curmudgeon guy right here, but I am 44, so I'm getting kind of older. Um, but did you, do you agree with anything I just said, or or do you think I'm, I'm off off my rocker? No, no, no. I I I think you're. Yeah, I, I mean, I I certainly agree with you in 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 most of that. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> most of that. <laughs> okay, so 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 Rabbi German, if someone rose up in the Judaic tradition and just said, "Okay, guys, um, they're humble." You know, has, has there been, you, you, you referred to someone who rose up to be a messianic and that turned out to be BS. Um, but 
does the Bible leave it open? Does Hebrew scripture leave it open that we could get another prophet? I mean, I think in terms of how we understand prophets in the 21st century, right? Does God speak to us today? Yeah, absolutely. Does that make me prophetic? Does it make me a prophet? I think, I think you have to have those, those qualities and those attributions, right? It's about humility. It's about knowing that we are not above and, uh, you know, only of ourselves. What it does show is if I can embody humility and I can see things beyond myself, that it's not about me, that God has spoken through me. I mean, I think in some way you said it too, right? If I came to you and said, look, God spoke to me and God said this, oh, the possibility I could be committed to a psychiatric ward in a hospital. What do you mean God spoke to you, right? But if you actually unpack it and parse it through, God speaks to us in a variety of different ways. We just have to be open enough to be able to receive God's message and to hear it. Ah, to feel it. There we go. And this is why deep prayer is such a hallmark of what it means to be a, a Jew, a Christian, whatever your faith will be. Deep prayer, because when you're in deep prayer and consistent prayer, guess what happens? You get out of the way and God starts speaking to you. Uh, when I just shut up, and you guys know I, I, I talk way too much. When I, and believe it or not, in prayer, when I do end up closing my mouth, and shutting down my mind and just say, God, do, do, do it. Just, just speak to me. Boy, do I really hear things I've never heard before because now it's finally the higher consciousness. And I was finally God saying, okay, will you allow me to talk now? Can I, can I speak mm. to you? And, and it's amazing what God will communicate to you. Um, and whether that's through words, whether that's through a, a notion, whether that's through a gut, um, but God comes in. So the silence of prayer, of just listening to him um, and allowing him to work through you is amazing and it will feed your marriage it'll feed your family it'll feed your your friendships it'll feed you as a boss as a colleague as a co-worker to allow god to speak to you does that mean you're a prophet you don't have to worry about being a prophet it's really just being about a, a loving brother or sister um in this world to one another and a lot of times that involves hard truths that the only way for rabbi durbin and i to, to grow as friends is to develop the trust and love for each other where we could speak hard truth and say, you know what, the other day you hurt me when you said that. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Or you know what, I think you talk too much on the show. And so, I mean, we, we have to, we're not being prophetic, but we are speaking truth. So we're not trying to just worry too much about each other's feelings all the time. We, we have to, truth, truth is important. Um, so I, I think, you know, to, to, to round out the show that we don't all need to be prophets. Um, sometimes we are called to be prophetic. Um, if you do feel a need or an urge to be prophetic uh, to someone, I would say first place is prayer and really say, God, is, is you really calling me to speak this, whether you think you're being a whistleblower or having a tough conversation with your spouse, go to prayer first. Is this about my ego? Is this about my own insecurity? Um, or is this really about my love for them and our love for our relationship or my, our love for the company or our love for institution, whatever it may be, and come with love and compassion. Because if you come like a harsh prophet, people just turn off. They get defensive, they will retreat, and nothing gets done. You come with love and compassion with a spirit behind you. Um, people open up and say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hear you. I'll hear you. And then there's the handful of people, Rabbi Durbin, that we know in our lives that they come with the heat and they come prophetic with, with a punch to the gut. And we, we listen to them. I mean, I can count those people on one hand. They're, they're rough when they come, but I do listen to them because I know it's a truth I need to hear. And, and I 
I think we but all I think I think I think you know as, as you mentioned right as as we're winding down on the show you know what what's the main message what's the takeaway I mean for me the takeaway is listen to your heart listen to those inner prophetic voices that speak to us and embody grace and humility so bring this into your prayer life God, show me the way of the truth that I need to speak to myself. I think that's where you start with yourself. What, what prophecy are you speaking to me? Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to you said, help me, Lord, to be the best that I can be, to be made in your image? We are all made in God's image. We are all good uh, because God made us. And whether you're a Christian, you believe in original sin, or if you don't believe in original sin, still, you're still crafted by God's hand. Um, and we do believe in the salvific power um, of us being to be redeemed and to be renewed. So my prayer for you is to continue to say, God, renew me and replenish me, forgive me, um, and lead me in humility to hear your truths from my own self um, and help me to be a prophetic figure to others uh, for the glory of you, not for the glory of me, but for the glory of you and for this community. And if you are called to speak some hard truths to a community, um, then God bless you, gird your loins, because it's not easy. And it won't be fun. Sometimes there is a cost, there is pushback. The Bible is very clear about that. Prophets are not loved. They're not cared for. Jesus was kicked out of his own hometown, because they didn't want to hear his truths, um, and eventually was killed. So <laughs> just, you know, enjoy that part. But if you're called to be a major prophet, uh, our prayers are with you. Um, our society needs you. Um, all right, my friends. Well, that was a great episode on Prophets. If you have any more questions, I want to send out a shout um, on Facebook. We got um, a, a, a Leonid Bimbat from Moscow. What is up, my brother? Juan Carlos Quinones. Padre Juan Carlos. Bienvenidos a Ecuador. He is here all the way from Ecuador to be with us um, on our Facebook live feed. Uh, and then, of course, we have our we have Robert Hotchstein, um, Bit Showcase, Bright Bright Showcase. We have the folks who we see, Linda. Um, these are some folks who are here every single week, and we love you so much. Thank you for tuning in on our Facebook live feed. All right, my friends, we will be back, believe it or not. They haven't fired us yet. Next Friday here, if you are in town, please come to the next Lunch and Learn on Thursday at 12 o'clock. God bless you. We see you. This is a priest and rabbi saying, walk in love. <laughs>